Welcome to Mike on Much. I am your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We are here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And we are also here with intern Erica, who is on the ones and the twos. We are recording right now, only hours before tip-off, Max, of Game 1 of the NBA Finals for the first time ever in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're doing this at Dan Hamilton's apartment in Toronto. It's got There's like a loose vibe. We're all very excited for this. Yeah, it's awesome. We're in yeah Dan's building. He's got his projector with the pregame stuff going on. Brother Greg just uh, joined us. Yo, yo. <laughs> yeah, the city's alive right now. Brother Greg makes it too. sound like we're in like a cult or something. Yeah, Brother Greg. Brother Greg. <laughs> and you're wearing a fun guy shirt. Yeah, this is a big win. How did for you me. get that? Did, did someone? Ash knows some of the New Balance people, and as soon as the thing came out, I thought I was being clever. I'm like, oh, maybe we can uh, get one of those New Balance uh, fun guy shirts. And then we immediately heard back saying those sold out in 15 seconds, and if you want one, it might take like two weeks. But they showed up, and Mike and Mike D and I have it. And uh, big big winner on Instagram, I'll say that much, is that people really like that shit. Like Kawhi is. King of the world right now. He's a legend. He's a yeah. living legend at yeah. the moment uh, on the eve of the NBA Finals. This has been such a, an exciting time in the city. Obviously, we talked about it in the last pod. Um, we missed you, Shane, by the way. I we did miss that. you. Are you feeling better? Uh, a little bit. I'm like 80%, mm. but it was a good episode. Oh, you liked oh, it? You yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, uh, I had some notes, but I don't have to say them. <laughs> just because <laughs> I, I, uh, I was a little pissed at Cody and Bethan. And Why? Well, well, he threw you under the bus. Yeah, he th- well, that's why. He okay. thought he was a cool guy, and he said, uh, yeah, well, uh, Shane used to be funny, oh, but he's not funny anymore. Yeah. And it's like, have I? am I really not funny, or is it that we're talking about abortions every other week? Now? <laughs> <laughs> is it like, <laughs> the format of the show has changed a little bit <laughs> yeah. into a less comedic <laughs> thing. So I don't think it's me. I'm still funny. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. But I thought I won... Eric, we haven't talked to you since that episode. Great job hosting the dating game Thank or the you. newlywed yeah, game. Thanks, Erica. And Shane, amazing. Uh, you produced the hell out of that segment. You set her up with all the questions and you, you were like a shadow producer from afar. Well, Erica, I, I knew she could. Uh, she's very good at that stuff and very good editor too. So she edited all this boing sound effects and it had a very 90s Howard Stern vibe, which I love. Yeah. Um, what, what's also exciting is Shane, you were staying in Toronto tonight. I am. You're going for it. Yeah. We're watching game one. I know. Nine o'clock tip. That's late. Yeah. I was almost going to this game tonight. No, no, fuck, it was game two. <laughs> Shit, I forgot. Should I tell the pop tell shot Tell the story. Thing? This is an exciting story. Max doesn't even know the story. Know or Erica. Okay, so I obviously... Or Brother Greg. I, <laughs> I reached out to Birchall for tickets, mm-hmm. and I knew the answer, and I knew how he was going to answer it, too. And I was like, yeah, I d- it's doubtful, but any chance you could help old Shaney Boy? He's like, absolutely not. Impossible. There's no way in the city. <laughs> and I knew he just loves it because he knows he's going to be at the game Instagramming and stuff. And then I talked to you, and then you told me it was impossible. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe it's true. But I still thought I could figure out a way to get to the game. So I was going to like contact Dubis was one of my... Oh, options. you're going to go there. No, I wasn't okay. going to, but I was thinking about it because my stepmom is uh, best friends with his mother-in-law, and she's been going Kyle to the Dubis, getting his with, tickets yeah. and stuff. Anyway, there was a uh, Papa Shot competition going on in Toronto City. I got a text from Danica, who was walking Winnie... Uh, over at like, near King Street and um, Peter, and they had put right by Cali Love this random Papa shot up. So she sent me a photo and she said, "Hey, there's a Papa shot here, and whoever gets the high score gets t- tickets to Game Two." And famously amongst our friends, Shane is the top. He's Papa amazing shopper. at it. I'm, I'm the Papa shot master. Yeah. I immediately go, "Yo, text!" I think I texted you. You're already out, and I was like, yeah. "Check this out!" And you're like, "Lineup's got to be crazy." I go, "It's actually not," because she sent photos. I'm like, "You should pop by here, Papa shot," and I'll let him take it from there. So I was really considering not doing it because although the picture you sent me, the lineup wasn't that big, I was like, it's, word is out, it's going to be huge now. 
But I'm like, I'll just pass it by. And by the way, I have been practicing my Papa shot lately. <laughs> and in fact, on, on my birthday, remember the Dave Grohl thing? I was yeah. headed to the arcade. Oh, I yeah. only went to play Papa shot. Mm. And I don't just play once or twice. I'll play all night yeah. and totally monopolize the machine. <laughs> and I was actually, I complained to the, uh, this pl- the arcade I go to is called Tilt. Mm. And the Papa shot wasn't functioning properly. So I had a huge complaint to the management at Tilt. And they kind of laughed me off. So I, public- <laughs> I wonder why. I publicly Instagrammed them. I saw said, your Instagram. It's my 35th birthday. <laughs> I'm alone. And the Papa shot's not working. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, the photo you posted, it literally is an empty arcade. And yeah. I almost responded to you like, this is the sad. Saddest birthday I've ever Well, that's seen. the way I wanted it to seem, so right. they'd feel really bad for me, and and I thought they would rectify it, knowing that the employee ignored me. Anyway, I passed the pop shot lineup, and I'm like, okay, this is maybe a 45 minute wait. I'm on my lunch break. I can justify this. So I sign up, and I'm just waiting there, and I'm like, uh oh, there's. Uh, I don't know if this is racist to say, but. Asians are very good at Papa shot. <laughs> like, can I say that? There's like no? a leaderboard. There's a scoring board. And you notice And that. there was a bunch of them in front of me in line. Can I say that? Is that bad to say? Like, it's like, it's popular it's among the Asian community. Yeah, maybe that's what it, maybe that's a Papa shot. Is. Papa shop is popular amongst the Asian community. Right. And therefore, they are often at the top of the leaderboard. So in this, your yes. opinion, just frame it as... In my opinion, Gary, <laughs> Gary Tang got 300 <laughs> points and that's almost an unbeatable score. <laughs> We're keeping all that. Yeah. And then there was, uh, there, there was like Karen Lung or something and then there was a, a, two Wongs were on the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a don't I just love I had a don't make it right joke but I'm like I'm not gonna say it I like that you've memorized all these names yeah. from the leaderboard so I'm like okay this has to be really this has to be really hard to even come close to the 300 but I'm like I'm gonna give it my my best shot and uh, I get up I'm, I'm watching how the pop shot works because some are just immobile and some after you make it to around the net starts to move mm. And it does matter if it moves from left to right or right to left, because that first shot, when it starts moving, you have to anticipate the move and get that first shot in, because if you miss it, it can throw off your whole rhythm. Okay. So I notice it goes to the left. So I'm like, okay, after the first round, the first move, the net moves to the left. Okay. Anyway, game starts. Like Jack Armstrong's there, like all the halftime people. Like, this is a Raptor sanctioned event, too. This wasn't some like yeah. carnival setup. There's an announcer dude there, too, by the way. Mm. And anyone who knows me knows I hate announcer dude hype men because they make me like very Aaron nervous. Like mixtape type guys. Oh, like if you went like, to Rucker Park. Right, let's give this guy a hand. So I'm like, fuck this. So I put on my noise-canceling headphones. I wear my, my sunglasses, and I just keep a straight face. You're like face. that weird guy at the poker tournament. Exactly. Yeah. That was the vibe. And I keep a straight face the entire time so they don't fuck with me. So they know I'm not like a You're not ha-ha, jovial guy. So I, I hit the first 20 shots in a row. Whoa. And I can't hear anything. Like, you can kind of hear the crowd going a little bit crazy, but it's, it's not overwhelming. It's not making me that nervous. And then he's like, he's got to get 200 to make it to the next round. I'm like, oh, shit. So then I hit the shots. I get to 200. And then in the game, it unlocks another round, which you can actually get close to 300. But then he's like, can he miss? And they're, they're, Because I haven't missed a shot yet. And then I miss seven shots in a row. Uh. I start freaking out. I'm like, fuck. And then I start like feeling like I'm a total failure. So then I'm like, okay. Now I'm under, uh, I'm the underdog, so that gives me confidence to kind of score mm. again. Anyway, I ended with two, I ended with two sixty something, uh, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't get the three hundred. But as I'm walking off, they're like, oh, st- stick around, give us your name, give us your name. They're like, you're top three. Uh. I'm like, do I get something? They go, maybe. 
I'm like, is it tickets? They go, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit, maybe top three. Uh, you, win, you win Raptors tickets, and then I can show Birchall, ha-ha, I still figured out a way to get in. And there's only an hour left, and they cut it off at two. Mm. But the guy punching in my score, he forgot what I had, mm. and he's like, oh, I think you got uh, 253, which tied me for third place. I'm like, no, I got 257. He's like, okay, I'll change it later. So I take a picture of the screen, and it's, it's 250. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah, so I take a picture just to prove it. I'm tied for third at this, but he's going to change it so I'm actually in the lead for third or the sole person in third. I go back to work. I tell Mike all about it. I'm like so amped. I'm like, Mike, this is amazing. Thank you so much. I might win Raptor tickets. He's like, okay, I'm going to come back with you when they email you. Maybe I wanted to film round. it for the pod. Like I was like, if you're going into like some sort of playoff, I need to film it. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. It, w- it won't go to a playoff. Trust me. It's, it's, it's not going to happen to that. Even if I do make it to the next round, they're going to set it up for a later date. So anyway, I go back to the Papa shot around two to see if I've won. <laughs> And I'm like, holy shit, my score is still there. And they've changed it to 257, so oh, I'm good. the lone guy in, in third place. So I walk up to the thing, I take my picture. As I'm taking my picture, they're letting five more kids into the area, <laughs> even though it's past 2 p.m. That's a bullshit rule. You can't do that. When it's cut off at 2, if you're not past the velvet rope, any self-respecting contest would cut it off right there, right? <laughs> right? Though if you were running it, because this is a big thing. So as I'm taking the picture, there is, can I say race again? Or is that, there's a person, uh, another person comes up and he, uh, he's a young kid wearing a, a jersey, a Raptors jersey. And he starts shooting like fucking awesome. He's very cocky. He's scoring every basket. And he's like dancing in between <laughs> he's shots. Steph Curry he's thing. like a Papa shot expert. And he ended up with 273, oh. which put him to second, the other person into third and bumped me to fourth. Because they let him in. Because they let him in. But at least I got the picture of me with the uh, 257 score. Even though I actually got a 260 score, which would have been irrelevant anyways. I still would have been bumped down. Oh, man. Fourth place. But I found out what you actually get. If you if you came in first place, you got two Raptor tickets and $1,000 to Sobeys. Whoa. If you came in second, you got $500 to Sobeys. If you came in third, you got $200 to Sobeys. Okay, so you wouldn't have gotten it anyway. A $200 gift certificate. Anyway, they ended up giving me a $5 gift certificate to Sobeys. $5? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to buy? I don't know. Candy or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Damn. That's a harrowing yeah. tale, man. But Almost I thought it would be it. so cool because even you weren't going to be getting into the playoffs. I'm looking at you, Max. Yeah. And now I found out. It was all bullshit when you're like, I can't even get in. No, I know. I honestly was playing. No, no. He said, I can't get you in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I spent all morning trying to figure out where we're going to watch it. And everybody wants to watch. Everybody and their grandmother wants to watch this game. And so I was like, how are we going to find a bar? And then we called around a bunch of bars. Everything is booked up. So I was getting actually really stressed out. I was like, and I kind of felt responsible. I was. Dan Hamilton's looking at me. He's, He's smirking. No, I did. No, I I, I called uh, well, Mark, uh, who runs a couple of the bars. Yeah, and then but but basically, but we were at a couple bars last night, and they were all booked up. Anyway, the point you is, you worked your ass off. I worked my ass <laughs> off, and I was getting stressed out. And I was like, "Fuck, where are we gonna watch this?" And like, I know my dad was curious about where where we we're gonna watch it for game one. Yeah. yeah, for game one. And then I got a text from our uh, label head. Uh, Jeffrey saying, I got an extra ticket. Do you want to come? And I said, okay. <laughs> and then I have to worry about anything. So I'm going tonight. Not my problem. So Max is going to game one tonight. So we were all in this text group figuring out what we're going to do tonight. Shaney's in town. Our buddy Al's like, I got rid of the baby. We're like, yeah, like camaraderie after what I said in the last pod, but how it meant so much to, to watch with your friends. Al goes, I'm, I'm in. What are we doing tonight? And Max goes, hang tight in the text group. So I'm like, oh, Max, he's going to come through. He's got like a whole booth booked <laughs> at like the rec room or somewhere. He's coming through. Five minutes later, 
I'm out, guys. Going to the game. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that was the hang tight. That was the hang tight. <laughs> I'm getting I, myself sorted. I was like, what? And so I turned to Shade at, at, at the office and I go, Max is out. He's like, what? Yeah. He's like, what did you say? I'm like, nothing. I'm too furious. I'm like, yeah. I can't even. I'm seething with jealousy. I did. I did run into you this afternoon. I could tell you were like, like you were that happy to see me. The minute he came walking, <laughs> we were with the baby. It was me and Danica. He comes walking up. I got and a big I, smile on my face. A big smile. And I just went, you famous bastard. And then I went, I'm happy for you. Seriously, man. Yeah. And it was, and Danica and we all exploded laughing. Yeah, it was good. Too. I am happy for you. Yeah. I am. I, you're mm-hmm. a true Hoops fan. I'm happy you're going to be in the building tonight. That's true. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I have been a fan, as we know, since 1985. I'm so. just jealous. That's yeah. all. But but uh, but also uh, I mentioned this to you this afternoon. Um, you know, in your soliloquy last episode, I, I do love watching with you guys too. So yeah. you, I don't think you can lose in this situation. The city is alive right now. Would you prefer not to be at the game? Uh, no, I. There, it's kind of a win-win. Let's not get crazy, man. No, no. I mean, I would have just. The only thing, the only reason why I like going to the game is that like it was stressing me out where we we're going to go watch it. Yeah, so you're so out of this like that. snake pit of trying to find a table to watch this yeah. game at. And then a bunch of us are going to be at game two, which yeah, will be really fun. Which is awesome. But they're yeah. making you work for your seats. Yeah, for game two. Uh, basically, it's not announced yet, but uh, our Kells are going to be like, <laughs> you know, hyping up the crowd in Jurassic Five. Yeah. What's the announcement <laughs> like for that? <laughs> no, no, but, but we're not going to work to go to Jurassic before, but then it's like Max Featuring like, our Kells, <laughs> game one. Like who? Um, but uh, yeah, no, we're going to be hanging out before the game, and Mike, Mike D and I are going to go. Uh, but uh, I was... In this building yesterday, because Dan had a commitment and he needed someone to take Addy out for a, a quick pee. Addy Addy's is, a dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Addy's, That's his infirm father. Yeah. Yeah. Addy's, and so I get into the elevator, and it's me and two other dudes, and then a, another guy who looks kind of familiar, and because he's six foot ten and has lots of tattoos, he's an African-American guy. I was like, this is Eric Moreland on the Raptors. And I've seen him before around this building. And so... Uh, because I had the normally, I don't think he'd want to talk to any, like any of us in the elevator. But because I have this adorable puppy, he's kind of looking at the puppy, and then I just like look up to him and I just say, "Hey, buddy, you excited for tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of grins. He's like, he looks up. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm really excited." And then I'm like, "Yeah, the whole city's just so happy right now." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, me too." And then I'm like, I think I'm going to game two. He's like, oh, that's so cool. My parents are coming up. And I'm like, where are you from? He's like, Houston. I'm like, oh, I'm glad they're coming up in June and not February. He's like, oh, I know. And then we left. And it was a nice, sweet little moment with yeah. Eric Moreland, oh, wow. one of the guys on the Raptors. Speaking of the Raptors, the, the city is a buzz. You know, uh, CP24 had like sort of 24-hour coverage. They had a camera outside of the hotel where the Golden State Warriors are staying. So they'd have live feed when like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant would come out of the hotel and you go, man, you realize how big NBA, like NBA stars sort of transcend sports fame in a lot of ways. The dog is eating a squishy toy. Uh, And so um, they had this sort of like camera outside of the hotel. But what they did was they ended up sort of tipping off the general public to where the Warriors are staying. The Warriors are staying at the St. Regis here in Toronto. This is not news or anything like that. And our good friend, a friend of the pod who books a lot of our guests, Greg Stewart, sent us a hilarious article today saying that last night at 3 in the morning... um, this guy went outside of the St. Regis and he lit a ton of fireworks so that they went off to wake everybody up. And so there's this video of the guy setting off the fireworks all like, <laughs> and he jumps in the getaway car and they're like, go, 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 go. And right at the end of the video, the guy goes, fuck Steph Curry, which made me laugh. Uh, and I was like, this, like, that's a good, innocent fun, I think. No, it's not. Come on. Good that, question. That, that's horrible that Is he it did illegal? That. that ruins our... It's illegal, yeah. Oh, fireworks in a public space? And what if he did wake up the team 
and then we end up winning on some weird ass technicality or something. But the, I think that the, in the grand tradition of like fans sort of like trying to mess with players on their team, like you hear weird stuff like Kobe got food poisoning in Sacramento before game six, I believe, or game seven, because they felt like the burger at the hotel, they were messing with him. That stuff is obviously way out of bounds. I think trying to make like a noise complaint, like fireworks are dangerous, but let's say they had brought like... 50 people and they chanted outside at 3 in the morning I, I just think there's yeah. there's some gamesmanship to it that like involves fandom that I tend to smile at it's probably not ideal but I enjoy it on like a there's like there's like a level of kind of gamesmanship that I don't mind with this oh, stuff oh it's all entertainment it, it gets weird when people like start being violent or, or vicious or like really mean it's like when they start like bringing up stuff about like their family members or stuff oh, it's I'm, like that's yeah. bad so you're pro fireworks Fireworks is a kind of an interesting one because it's like there's a sense of danger there. In the city, yeah, it's a fire hazard. Like, okay, are we, is there, because I'm sure who knows what kind of security issues that any of these NBA players I love have. it in like a way, let's if say, Will Ferrell did it in, in like an old school-esque movie. Yeah. Then it's very funny. Let's let's say Real somebody life, though, let's no. say they got a drum line and showed up at three in the See, morning. See, that would be hilarious. See, that to me is funny. So 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 I guess I'm saying there's an element of danger of the fireworks that I'm maybe not on board with. But if they got like a drum line from a local high school and they showed up at three in the morning and literally let it rip, that I think would be hilarious. Yeah, what would be other funny? You, know, you feeling that one or I don't know. I like our Canadian image not being tarnished. No, but I think there's something there's something Canadian about us doing it in a kind of playful way. Well, I, even all the comments are like, "This is lame. You're fucking messing with our image." Like no one's supporting this in the YouTube comments. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Oh no. Okay. Surprising. What would be an example of a sure, way not to mess all from with the Warriors? No, that... it's all Canadians. Like that is an amazing that's genius idea. So that's the, like Quine and Dine. Yeah, yeah. There's this great initiative by Raptors Republic called Quine and Dine to resign. And basically, any restaurant that basically, if you put a sticker in front of your door, if Kawhi shows up, he eats for free at your restaurant. It's an effort to resign him. It's a really funny initiative. All the restaurants are jumping on board. It's this communal thing. And we were talking, Dan, myself, and Greg wrote for Wings last night. We were talking about a really funny initiative would be uh, Warriors Drink for Free anywhere in Toronto. I love it. So basically, that's the campaign. Obviously, they're not going to take him up on it, but it would be amazing if Draymond Green's like, actually, we could uh, we'd get a free drink. You want to go get yeah, one? And then it's on him. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I feel like there's like uh, legendary stories like back in the 70s and 80s of like so and so being like a part, like, like former teammates facing off against each other and one like getting his former teammate drunk to fuck him up for the next game. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I think that's really fun and playful. What would be a good one for the Warriors besides, because I think that's pretty good. Yeah, but, but, but they're for, so disciplined. Warriors drink for free in Toronto during the series. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 we could come up with something. Yeah, um, like a good prank, like a good, a good, or like like prank. a marketing okay. initiative, like something that could you know be funny or go yeah. viral. Right. Yeah, um, Steph Curry, you know, he he lived in Toronto, and of course, the Canadian media is all over that narrative because he was in Toronto when his dad played here for the Raptors, and and there's kids that like my, that are my age or a year or two younger that played against Steph Curry in local basketball leagues. His uh, wife Aisha she's from her family's from Markham she's born here yeah. yeah and she's in a music video like that takes place at um, Central Tech which is the high school my mom teaches at but she's like 11 years old in it you know who you know who the ra- the like this the rapper is in it oh is it it's Master T's nephew nephew yeah that's right that's an old school much reference he was a VJ back in the day yeah so man it's just there's a lot of connections. There's a lot of connections. Um, I'm looking at these highlights behind you, Mike, and it's it's awesome to see actually Leo Routens and Rod Black, uh, Rob Black, Rod, 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 Rod. Uh, from the 1995 kickoff telecast, and they're still doing it. That's yeah. pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, man. There's so many nice little uh, memories that are now popping up because of this finals appearance. Very exciting. Yeah. Okay, before the series starts, before we get off Raptors, for the listeners who are like, let's move on. Um, no, predictions. Fuck you. No, this is good. <laughs> this is good. I stand by this segment. Fuck Steph Curry. Uh, what are your predictions for the series, Maxi? It's funny. 
I'm more confident in the Raptors than any of the Cavs teams that faced off against the Warriors. I like our, our roster and the way everyone's playing. Is, is I'm pretty optimistic about it. I mean, it's crazy to say, oh, we'll win. But I think everybody's like drunkenly happy right now that we're all like, we could win. Sure, Raps in six. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Mike's got a crazier prediction than that. Yeah. So, so you're saying Raps in six? Yeah. Erica? I agree. I think if the Raps can take it all, I think um, the shitty part is that I don't think it'll be at home. You think Game six on the road. is in a, yeah. I just think that'll be like the sh- one like downfall to it. I, th- mm. I say six. <laughs> I, I think it'd be very difficult for them to win. A game I know six nothing about basketball <laughs> <laughs> at Oracle because it's the last game that will be played at Oracle, and so the Warriors would desperately want it because they're leaving Oakland and going to San Francisco next season. It's a big subplot. Um, Shaney, what's your prediction? Oh, sadly, I predict uh, Warriors in five. Wow. Yeah. And enough. we're we're gonna I hope lose. this is a reverse jinx, my man. My, my prediction is we're gonna lose a couple. Without KD, and then when KD comes, we're not going to win any. Interesting. Mike, what do you? I am, this is my bold prediction, and I admit that I might be basking in the glow of homerism, and I've never tasted a drug quite like going to the finals before, the Eastern Conference champions. Uh, My prediction is that they're going, the Raptors are going to win in five. They're going to win the first two games at home. They're going to steal one in Oakland, and they're going to come home, and they're going to close it out. I love this prediction, by the way. Yeah, and by the way, you did after game uh, three. No, after maybe after game two, when they lost the Milwaukee both in Milwaukee, series, you said it doesn't matter; they're going to win the next two. I said we're coming back to Milwaukee, tied two two. Yeah, yeah. I put that in the group. I tried to put positive vibes out in the world because I can tend to lean negative. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, I'm changing that up, and it served us well for this playoff run. Well, let's ask Greg. He's the ultimate cynic. What do you think, brother Greg? Brother Greg? Brother Greg? Uh, so, <laughs> what I'm thinking about this old twenty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say. Raps in seven, baby. We're going, we're going full seven. Jeez. Raptors at home. Can't, can't be beat. Wow. Yeah. I love it. You heard it here first, everyone. Dan, your thoughts? Let Dan, you have to get on the mic if you're going to share it. Uh, I'm with Brother Greg. Raps in seven. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And Dan's an analytics guy. He yeah. studies the numbers. How about winner gets 100 bucks? Who, who pays? Yeah, who? You all pay. Oh, everyone pays. Else. Does anybody have any Do money? Do we want to go a winner gets 100 bucks? So we don't yeah. have to put in... Uh, That's less than $20 each. <laughs> doesn't, still doesn't commit. <laughs> Does anybody have any money Good on the series, by the way? Has anybody bet? Oh. We just did, yeah. No, I mean, besides for this bet. No, oh, no, no, no. Outside of this bet? No. Um, so for our listeners, you know, like I said, if you're... if. if if you can't tell, we're all very giddy. Again, we're all just like a little bit of time away from going over uh, to watch this game. And uh, we're having a few beers. And it's very, very exciting. And I've talked about this before with sports. Uh, this period that we've been in since Saturday when we won the Eastern Conference Championship, it's I, I, I call it like buying a lottery ticket. Because the thing about buying a lottery ticket is not necessarily winning it. Because you're not going to win the fucking lottery. But for that week before they announce the numbers, you get to daydream about how amazing your life could be if you did win it. We're in that sweet period as sports fans right now where the Raptors have not lost. They also haven't won, but they haven't lost. So anything is possible at this exact moment. And in a couple hours, uh, we will have some answers. Ain't that life, though? You know? Just yeah. like the build-up. <laughs> It's so true. It's it's exciting. Exciting. I was saying it's like, like Chris Max yeah. almost just fell off his chair yeah. sitting down. Yeah. And now he's Ain't that life. <laughs> <laughs> How many drinks did you have on this walk today? No, no, this is my first one. Oh, yeah. But I was saying it was like uh, Christmas in the sense that yeah. you want it to get there as soon as possible, but you don't want it to be over. Yeah. So after this game one, we're going to kind of know the trajectory. And that's either going to be very, very bad mm. or 
we're going to be back in this magical period we're again. Like basking if the Raps like win, the we're cr- still basking in the glow. Yeah. yeah. But in right now, it's like the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we haven't actually reached the day yet, but everybody's in a good mood because it's like there's holiday parties and stuff. Yeah, you can hear jingle bells on the radio. Yeah. No, today's Christmas yeah. Day. Today's Christmas Day. And it's day. a little, there's a little cloud that could come over. Maybe today. this is more like Hanukkah because Hanukkah is like seven <laughs> could days. Could be more yeah, days. There's more days. But we don't or know Ramadan. Yeah. It's is actually like Labor Day. kind of thing? Because you can't wear white Labor Day has that weird feeling like school's tomorrow. It could be scary. Kind of exciting. Do we like Labor Day? No, no. In terms of holidays? Maybe not. I just threw it out there. End of summer. I hate Labor Day personally. It gets a little... Sometimes (laughs) it's You are in a union. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys. uh, Let's move on. There's some other items in the news. How long was that, by the way? Uh, 24 minutes. All right. 24. We're rolling along. Uh, Man, there's a dog running around here. There's toys going all over the place. Uh, Okay, so... Two topics. Max, you're the producer. What do you want to start with? Uh, Ashton Kutcher yeah. or Moby? Let's start with Moby just because we've been meaning to talk about this for like a we're week a and a half. on this. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as it happened, we're like, we need an emergency pod because this is fucking hilarious. And then we just didn't get it. Well, we want Shane to be a part of it because I think Yeah, Shane- the pressure's on. Everyone's like, I can't wait till Shane's hot take on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to put your hot take in the text group. What did uh, I say again? Oh, you said you you believe Moby. <laughs> <laughs> set it up though, Mike. Well, well, well you, for you, our you, listeners, you basically Shane had said that if you're Natalie Portman, no, I'd but be, set up the whole thing. So okay, so uh, essentially, the story in the Coles notes is that Moby has this uh, book out now. I don't know what the title of his book is. If you know, I had a paper in front of me, I'd read it, but I don't. He has this memoir out, and in this memoir, he has a bunch of sort of anecdotes about people he dated and things he did throughout his life. Uh, Lana Del Rey is in there before she was like a big star. Uh, there's some other uh, woman I can't remember who she was, but the controversial one is that he he talks about the time he spent with Natalie Portman. So when Natalie Portman, I believe, had just turned 18 and he was like 31 or something like that. He claims. He's even wrong on the numbers. So she just had turned 18. She was like kind of out of high school, going into college. He was a big international electronic music uh, superstar. And he just sort of broken too. Exactly. So she was a fan. She'd gone to a show. His prose, like if you read the the, the excerpts from his book, it's all like written in this really sort of embarrassing, like we held hands as we walked through, you know, uh, the courtyard in Cambridge or Harvard or whatever. And then we kissed under the moonlight and then I I held her in her bed and then I left through the night. And so it's like he's remembering in a certain way and he uses a certain language like they dated. Mm -hmm. She ended up giving an interview um, to a publication and she said, I don't know why he's explaining I don't know why he's describing it like we dated. It's like, I don't remember it that way. First of all, I thought he was kind of a creeper older man. And uh, and I don't know why also his like publisher didn't fact check with me. All it took was like a call. And I think she's what she's getting at is he's using this shit to sell his book. Well, that's very humble of Natalie Portman, too. I don't know why Moby would think like to brag about dating me. <laughs> well, this is like, the other thing he says in his prose. He does that like that that self-deprecation thing where he's like, he's like she was an 18-year-old movie star. Or, or he called her 19 or 20 at the time. He's like, he's like 20, yeah. he was, she was a 20-year-old movie star and i was like a balding 31 year old alcoholic or something like he's like being self-deprecating balding but he's always been just <laughs> flat out bald <laughs> when did he have more than bald. two homer simpson hair <laughs> so 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 he he kind of describes it in obviously his recollection of events she says listen we never dated i hung out with him like a few times whatever like i don't get why we'd say that if they just fact checked i think she feels in a lot of ways he's clearly using this to sell his book that's why they released those excerpts ahead of the book release because mm-hmm. they want to generate a news cycle this is where he looks like a total fucking idiot because it's like you kind of take the loss if you're him. You go, okay, she's saying that I'm a bit of a creep and that she doesn't remember it this way. Sorry that you feel this way, Natalie, 
buy my book, whatever the fuck he wants to do. He then he doubles down. He doubles down. He goes on his Instagram and he's like, I don't know why she would like misrepresent the truth. I have proof. He posts a photo of him shirtless and like a like backstage and her like kind of got this cringy thing like she's smiling and he's got his arm around her. <laughs> How did you describe it, Shane? What, what was happening in that photo? Oh, it in the fo- I understand his logic because he's shirtless. She looks fairly okay with a shirtless dude having his arm around her. Like she looks like complicit in the act. But you could also think because her hands are cut off below the waist that she could be handjobbing him. <laughs> <laughs> I understood. Also, yeah, because oh, yeah, Moby's, if you got to check out the photo, but he has a look on his face that he's like, I'm getting a handjob. Oh, like, yeah. And, and what you said, just to throw you under the bus, what that's what we're doing. You said that's the face I make when I'm. Oh, is that what I said? When I'm <laughs> orgasming. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what Moby's book is called? What's it called? Moby's Dick. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 like that, that blow horn that they play uh, so so the funny thing <laughs> and then in the next group there was, we had some hashtags free movie <laughs> outrageous and here's the other thing that bothers me is in his Instagram defense of himself he does that thing where he's like uh, when I said this thing in my book title of the book I did this. So he says the title. He's like still pimping it, yeah. It's outrageous. Like, it's like, anyway, and, and I think that a lot of the issues that people have is he sort of presents himself as, like, a feminist or, like, an ally, you know, this sort of, like, soft vegan. And then it's like he just ends up being as much of a creep and a misogynist and sort of an entitled person himself. And he doesn't, he lacks a self-awareness. Since then, in a couple, like, think pieces on in, in different publications, he's now totally backtracked and just basically said sorry. Yeah. Well, it's super embarrassing. Even if he's... Right. Yeah. It's embarrassing to present proof at any time, even if you're a hundred percent telling the truth. Yeah. It's just, it's like one, why are you even bragging about having sex or holding hands with a girl? You seem like a loser. Yeah. And the fact that she is so young just makes it way worse and creepier, right? Like totally. Yeah. The, the Moby case study is so interesting. Um, there was a great podcast, Jonathan Goldstein, uh, who's a great Canadian, uh, comedian writer. He, he does stuff for, uh, this American Life, and he has a, a podcast called. The podcast is called Heavyweight, and basically, there's oh, I love a, that. One. And there's a whole episode. But did you listen to the Moby one? Yes, that, mm. it makes Moby seem like a dick too. There, yeah, but also <coughs> that so, one's amazing. Yeah, so the crux of the episode is that Moby was uh, kind of a drunken, broke New York City artist back in the '90s. The friend who's interviewed for this podcast says, "I gave Moby a collection of my CDs." And I let him stay at my place. He came to family events with me. And uh, he ended up using some of those CDs, which are old Yeah, the field- CDs had like, ooh, Yeah, the old field recordings. He, and that ended up making his big record play that went on to sell, you know, 30 million copies. And Moby never returned the CDs or thanked him. Acknowledged. Acknowledged. The most yeah. profitable album of all time. Yeah, it was in literally sales. in every single commercial. Moby literally went from a drunk, broke person to maybe dating Natalie Moby Portman. Moby the most profitable <laughs> allegedly, album allegedly. of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, for commercial use. For yeah, like every, not the album sales, oh, but actually okay. used in every single song was was licensed to a commercial. Wow, which yeah. never happened, before. which never happened before. So anyway, the whole podcast is is really funny and entertaining. But you get uh, because eventually Moby meets up with this old friend and they confront each other. Well, about Moby's what recollection of that record exchange was that they made love under the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. It, anyway, I, I think it's really interesting because uh, Moby's lived such a weird life because, again, the, like his success came much later, and he was he was formed as a guy from a you know, single mom, 
you know, had issues with drugs and alcohol and then became a really rich guy hanging out with Aerosmith and Natalie Portman. So it's just like that kind of career. And he, life did, it, he did it all with no hair. <laughs> he did it all with no hair. Um, but my question for you guys is, is, are there any incidences like within your life where there's a discrepancy like between you and your brother but sure. the way something happened or you and a former girlfriend or family member well anytime like i think everyone's been in the situation where maybe like you bumped into a celebrity for two minutes and then in the morning the story is guess who hung out with jason schwartzman all night <laughs> like maybe yeah. not no has that never <laughs> happened to you guys where you've exaggerated the the importance of what you did with someone at one point at one point, Greg and I both claimed we dated Natalie Portman, and no one believed us at all. Actually, ever any back point. in Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, I, not that I can think of. Like, I, I, but see, maybe I'm delusional, and this comes to the sort of back to the or sort of presents the idea of of an unreliable narrator, or like the way you perceive events might be different than the way the other person perceives events. This is the problem with testimonies in court, by the way, of too, because whenever anybody tries to recall something that happened, people's there. There are so many studies about how uh, people's memories are just faulty all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so ultimately, it's a shame point like you know if you talk about hanging out with Jason Schwartzman Jason Schwartz was like no I just that guy kept looking at me in an elevator he ran into me at like a restaurant or whatever the question would be Shane do you know the truth but then you present it a certain way or yeah. do you believe your version of the, the truth of, of what you're well, presenting? with a celebrity I want to make the story as good as possible so I know the truth that I kind of I, I, I said hi to him for about a minute and a half but in celebrity time that's hanging out pretty much <laughs> because it was more than a selfie like yeah. I actually talked to him and said like maybe 10 sentences to him, mm-hmm. which was a very long time for me to hang with celebrities. It's a famous selfie, too. So, He's shirtless, and you're giving him a hand job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like... All in the frame. In like, <laughs> like, in relating to Tinder world, I found, like, when I was going on a lot of dates, like, who... If I was hotter than the girl... Earmuffs, Alex. If, yeah, if, if I was better looking than the girl, she kind of would think maybe we were dating. And if the girl was better looking than me, I would think we were, like, engaged. And she would, <laughs> she would be like, I made a horrible mistake last night, you know? Like, and that's just kind of, like, Mike, you remember after I went on the first date with Alex, I, like, I had breakfast with you. I was yeah. like, man, imagine we got married and had kids. And I was, like, so excited because Alex was so much out of my league. I was just exaggerating it to oh, the you were on degree. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I was delusional. But luckily, and, and I know every this. every time the server kept coming around, he was telling another salacious <laughs> detail of what happened that <laughs> yeah. night. But it was the most, like... <laughs> It was just every time she walked by, he happened to be saying something that that you can't really repeat, and then she'd give us like a look, and then we just both like shrug and start explode laughing. <laughs> yeah. Go back to your eggs. Yeah. Well, um, another thing that happens uh, often is if there's a, a, a story that's famous in your mind about something that happened in your life, and you tell it all the time, and then details begin to get embellished. So, like, you have a story that you like to tell about you going to Europe after Danica yeah. dumped you and eating and just abstaining on yogurt and water. That's an accurate story, though. No, no, I know, but I wonder if there's parts of the story that have been embellished mm. or, or, emphasized or, or, or emphasized or parts time. that you forgot that were also important or just, like, a detail that you've actually ended up making up. Because I bring this up because Brian Williams famously was oh. canceled yeah. because he had a story that he loved to tell about him going to the Iraq War. This is Brian Williams, uh, the American NBC announcer, about him going to... Father of Allison Williams, star of girls. Exactly. Uh, who, Former uh, girlfriend, Mike. <laughs> Marnie from Girls? Yeah. Her dad was. That's her dad? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Never knew. Yeah. You'll see the resemblance now. Yeah. But yeah, basically, he, he, the story <laughs> That's about. That's why I'm always so horny for Brian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> 
they, they, he, so basically, he's like t- tells the story about him getting shot at in a helicopter in Iraq when he was reporting for uh, for NBC, and it turns out none of it was really true. But each time he told the story, he got a little bit more and more yeah. embellished. The last time he's in army fatigue, he's got <laughs> two fucking machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Then I killed Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, but 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 uh, yeah, I I mean I think there is like. I, the truth. Here's my question, though. It's like people embellish. Some people, if you're if you're an entertainer or a good storyteller, you're going to accentuate the parts that are the most entertaining. If you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. Agreed. My question, though, is more like I know when I'm when I'm like leaning into a part that is 100 percent true, but maybe like I'll pump it up or I'll make it a more feature of the story. My question is: Does Brian Wilson or Brian uh, Brian Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Williams. Does he believe the lie? That's what I'm always interested in. I think he did. I read a I read a book, and he was saying he actually believed he remembers it. Yeah. it happening that way. So, like, if you were to put Moby on a lie detector, I, he he may very well pass. And if you put Natalie Portman on a lie detector, I believe she would 100 percent. Actually, pass. Gladwell has a whole episode on his podcast, Revisionist History, about Brian Williams specifically and how the the, the memory. Of course, tricks on you. Yeah, I, I'm do a, you have a recollection though? I feel like you you have must have one because you asked us. Uh, oh no, like like something where that you remember a certain way and someone said Max. No, didn't go no, down because I've read enough about how faulty the memory is. I just say I don't remember anything. Anybody could tell me this is what happened. I go, Nah, you're probably right. Well, and both things. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm like I, honestly like I will agree with because if if anybody has a different version, I'm like, ah, you're probably right. I don't know who knows anything anymore unless there's like you know audio or video evidence. Then who who knows? But both things can be true, right? Like Moby can think I consider this dating. I went on three dates with her or whatever. Or or we're hanging out, we're kind of dating, even though we haven't had intercourse or whatever. And Natalie Portman can be like, hey, we're just kind of hanging out and I'm flirting with you. Right? Like, that can be a situation where people can... Two truths. It depends on your perspective. Well, there is... Absolutely. Actually, you know what's funny? There is certain things... And now, okay, now that you bring this up, there's certain things revolving around the band where people have told me, they're like, I saw you guys open for Aerosmith in Cranbrook, British Columbia, and that show blew me away. I heard about that show. No, well, then I go, oh, it's actually with the tragical hip, I think, is what you're thinking. And I can, oh, this person just got two arena shows in Cranbrook, British Columbia, confused. They're like, no, no, no. It was Aerosmith, buddy. <laughs> it was the best show. You guys opened, and then Stephen Page, Stephen, what is it? Tyler. Tyler. Tyler, not Stephen Page. <laughs> Stephen Tyler came on stage and rocked in, and we hung out after it. I'm like, We've never played with Aerosmith ever before. This happens. You all tell the time. them no. You no. Eventually, I just go. Okay, cool, whatever. I'm not yeah. gonna like battle them. But on you it. can trust your memory that you've never. Played I just with know them. that we've never played with Aerosmith. Like, and, and they're like, you definitely played with Aerosmith. And they would pass. Like, a lot like of that's a test. fact that I could, uh, you know, validate. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I feel like happens sometimes is, um, with people that I went to McMaster with, they have a funny memory of Arkell's events, or we were called Charlemagne back then, where it's like. Oh, like a guy, for instance, who like played piano with us for like when I was in first year and we like had one jam in uh, the student lounge or whatever. Like he has gone on to tell his friends that he was in the Arkells. You know what I mean? Like, of course. And then, and then I think I'm like, oh, yeah, I think we maybe jammed one time for half an hour. But but like that's a story that he kind of kind of dines out on. And he maybe he believes it should be true. He's like, oh, yeah, I was a member of that band. Could you be w- forgetting a couple extra practices? I could have. Mm, may- I mean, maybe. I, I might might be forgetting a couple extra practices. But, but the idea that like it's grown in his mind to like. Is that, Pete Best all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When, when really that was not the case at all. And also I even feel like there's um, – like former girls I had crushes on. I wonder if there's like oh we dated kind of thing. I've, I feel like I've heard that like from this is like years and years ago where I'm like we definitely didn't, but beca- but only because the band has grown and has some celebrity is people like build these narratives in their mind. Of I how dated Max con- Kerman. Yeah, of how they're connected with us. Sure. Yeah. 
So I just find that to be interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And, and I think there's like a, you know, we talked about this. It, 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 there's a duality of truth and the way you perceive it. And yeah. one person's truth is a different person. You know, it's, it's a lie to somebody else. And sometimes it's in the middle. Sometimes people are pathological and they are making bullshit up. But it's all about the power dynamic, though. That's interesting. Yeah, well, okay, well, speaking of the power dynamic, actually, the Moby thing is really interesting because on one hand, Moby is a, like, is a white cis dude. So in the hierarchy structure, he's at the top. But the other hand, dude was probably like a very insecure, bald dude who had a drinking problem who when he got to hang out with Natalie Portman, he may have thought the dynamic was like, this person is a fucking movie star. She's way more beautiful. She goes to Harvard. She's so much more accomplished than me. But he was at the peak of his powers at that I know, point. I, the, it was, the line was a lot closer. to shake that yeah, feeling. Oh, though, the beauty know? is undeniable. Yeah. The beauty is undeniable. But, and also, even though he's at the peak of his powers, he also has a lifetime of baggage yeah. that... And, and this is not to excuse any of his bad behavior, but it's just an interesting... I don't know. It's it's a complicated thing when it comes to and like, this. do do we think his behavior was bad though? Like we have, I know a, I know a guy who likes dating younger. Well, his women. behavior was bad in as much that he like it seems like he was using it to sell a book, which is that, oh, that's that the that problem. Right, right, that, right, right, that, right. That's the it's worst like, problem. Like the way he seemed to treat her was like it, oh, they, bra- they, bragging isn't very class. Well, not only yeah. that, but 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 here's here's where he here's where he fucked up. So he remembers things a certain way. She remembers things a different way. They clearly spent. A couple days together if she was like i'm just hanging out with this guy that i think is cool that's famous and i like his music and he's like holy shit natalie portman wants to date me and you know they're both you know what i mean like misperceiving what the other one wants that that happens sometimes the issue for me where he looks like a fucking moron is the minute she says listen like nobody fact checks with check this with me i didn't date the guy like i was yeah. a fan when i was just out of high school and i went to a couple <laughs> shows we hung out a couple times that's the story what happens there if you're moby is you go shit you know what my bad. I should I should have had my, my publisher check with you. I fucked up. Uh, all the best to you in the future, Natalie. Sorry to bring you to the book if you didn't want to be a part of it. That's that. That's how you that's, play that. That's really where he fucked up. That's where he fucked yeah. up. Because then it's like in the light of day after that, he's like, she's misremembering or she's a liar. And it's like, what? Yeah. Probably like three or four years ago, I was in LA doing this band stuff. And I was at a house party. And a girl that works with Moby... Um, was I was like, what's that like? Like, and he's like, well, you know, he was like an, an ugly bald guy for half his life, and then all of a sudden he became a multimillionaire. So he gets around a bit. Like that was like her sure. anecdote. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. Anyway, I've, I've always thought about Moby in an interesting context because it wasn't like he was a child star or somebody who had to come very easy or came from money. He didn't come from. He's got to won the lottery in his thirties. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she's like, yeah, he's definitely. We talk about this a lot on this podcast about when a celebrity becomes a celebrity and what age that is and how formed they are. How it shapes the way they, they interact with other people, yeah. how they perceive themselves, like if they actually have like a, a sort of sense of humility or if they actually buy their own hype and believe their shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And also like I always find Mark Marin to be a, an interesting um, case study as well because Marin is a guy who kind of struggled in comedy uh, for – you know, from the age of 18 to 45 to 45. He was essentially a failure for 45 years. Yeah, yeah. And so he has all of that trauma in him and he's in that anger. And he talks about this a lot and things he cannot get over, things that did not work out for him. But now from the age of 45 to 51 Wildly or whatever. Successful. Yeah, everyone's like, you're fucking Mark Marin. You are the top of the castle here. He was like, nominated for like a, what, like a Golden Globe? He was nominated for something for, um, for uh, the, the wrestling one. Oh yeah, um, with, with Glow, uh, Glow. Yeah, he was nominated for like a major award for Glow. Like, mm-hmm. what a crazy leap! Yeah, what a crazy leap! But the th- funny thing is, what he, despite his fame, he's not going. Guys, this is the best. He's going. You talk to Lauren Michaels. What's Lauren like? He's still because holding he, on to that because he got denied from SNL, and he's all he wants to talk about with any guest that was on SNL 
what's Lauren Michaels like? Because I met him once in 1992, and he didn't like my audition. And fuck Lauren Michaels. That's basically the mm-hmm. tone of it all. Um, yeah, just yeah, the way yeah people's life experiences you know shape them for such a long time. Yeah. I don't think Moby ever got cocky though. In his defense, I think he was always just as insecure, and he was like, "Oh my God, I'm dating Natalie Portman," and I think that's the way he actually felt. Here's sure. the issue: is P- Moby? It's like Fred Durst, let's say, is going to act a certain way because he presents a certain way. So you go, okay, he's going to want to like bang groupies, do whatever he does. Moby, to to what Max just said, that story, but doing some of these, like, oh, he gets around. It's like Moby presents as this vegan sort of like like ally guy. friend to women, but it's like no, he's also out there trying to get laid, like and eating hamburgers. <laughs> That's the lie too. <laughs> you phony <laughs> vegan, you presented yourself <laughs> falsely in and out all the time. Yeah, in and out and threesomes all the time. It's like Moby isn't who he says he is. I think that might be sort of the thing that feels disingenuous. It's like it's like oh, okay, it's like you know. If he's out there acting like Fred Durst, you would imagine Fred Durst. And I don't know what the fuck Fred Durst gets up to. But I'm just saying, it's like, I think that's the disconnect. It's like, Moby presents as like this like zen dude that's like very like, you know. You know, this is not really related, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, Timothy Oliphant was just on uh, Conan. And he was also just on Mark Maron. And that dude is the most charming interview guest I have ever heard. I listen. I heard he's super loose. He tens of thousands back. of in- hours of interviews. Uh, he can podcasts. border on annoying at times. But no, yeah. I disagree. He is okay. always the I most charming times. delight. Maybe the one you well, saw well, was why, good. why do you think he's annoying? Because I've seen him annoying at times. Did you, you, listen, you, you saw a good one. Do you listen to the Mark Maron one? Uh, no. And do you listen to the Conan one? No. Oh, they're both... Because awesome. when no, I see, he, him, by the way, he doesn't yeah. do anything special. He just, he just, I saw I a tweet cool. that said he has no fucks to give. Like basically, he just goes in there and he just lets. Sometimes it he thinks he's funny though. I think he's fucking hilarious. Well, he had a good Two versions run. of the truth. Yeah, right here. exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a good moment. Okay, I'm not going to. Erica, tell Moby, hot or not? <laughs> not, 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 not. All right, let's get on to the next one. Okay, so our last topic of the day is this fascinatingly bizarre story. For a few reasons, but mostly because I'd never heard of this story. So uh, I saw uh, um, on Twitter in sort of the trending topics, Ashton Kutcher, actor Ashton Kutcher, uh, testified in the trial of the um, Hollywood Ripper case. So there's this like serial killer in Hollywood. And in 2001, um, I guess Ashton Kutcher was dating a girl, although who knows these days. Uh, (laughs) And... um, she was murdered by this this guy that was like a serial killer, this Hollywood ripper or whatever. And um, the way the story goes is that Ashton, who had been seeing this girl, had called her. It was like a Sunday night, I'm guessing. And uh, he talked to her. He was the last one to talk to her. They made plans to go out for a date that night. So Ashton talked to her at like 6 o'clock. He was going to pick her up at like 10 or something like that. They get off the phone. Ashton goes to the house for the date, knocks on the door. Um, no one answers, knocks again, no one answers, looks in, sees that what looks like is a spilled red wine. He thought it was spilled red wine on the carpet. Keeps it moving. Said he went to his buddy's house and they watched the, the Grammys, I believe. So they kind of just chilled. And he goes, he was, it wasn't like unusual that she just, I thought she bailed on the night. Um, and the red wine wasn't weird because she just had a party like the week before and it was, it got like, it was like a frat party. It got wild. So it's, this wasn't out, it didn't trigger anything for him or any alarms. A couple days later, her roommate, I guess, comes home and she has been stabbed, I believe, 47 times. So she's been murdered. <gasps> Um, it's called overkill. Shane, somebody oh, passed on. away. No, no, that is what it, I wasn't even trying to make like a Moby's dick type of joke. It is called overkill. It is. That I swear, I swear. We're, We're gonna, gonna fact check. Fact this. check that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she, so so she passed away. Uh, Ashton had this. Uh, <laughs> 
Ashton had a freak out uh, because they contacted him. He's like, oh my God. He thought that they were going to suspect him because he knew he was the last person to go to the house. Um, and apparently the murder took place in between the call and then obviously him him showing up to the place. Um, but he tried to open the door, I guess. He thought it was unlocked. It wasn't. So he was like, oh, my prints are going to be the thing. So there's this photo of him testifying yesterday uh, at this trial. Again, this, this murder happened in 2001. So we're going back like almost 20 years, almost 20 years. And had any of you guys heard about this case? No, I never heard no. of it. And so I don't know why it took so long to, to do this. I don't know if it took a long time to catch this guy. Uh, but anyway, he, he killed a couple other people apparently. But anyway, fascinating stuff. How do you think this flew under the radar? Is it just that like 2001 was a different Too time? many news stories, man. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Ashton hot or not? <laughs> Which version of Ashton? Well, he has a mustache. Have you seen his mustache? Oh, I saw. Yes, I, I saw him testifying to With the court of law. Very hot. Yeah. In a suit, in a mustache. Mm-hmm. I was it about looked it. like he was uh, in a movie testifying. It like looked a, like a still from a film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's such a. Um, yeah, this, I find um, this kind of thing interesting because Ashton Kutcher, and when it comes to life experiences, this was I was we were talking about this a bit last night, Mike. Yeah. When it comes to life experiences, this guy has experienced so many fucking crazy things. Like be, uh, by virtue of him knowing many people. Like what? Tell me. I don't know much about him other than he was on that '70s show. Well, just his lifestyle. He's a very wealthy person who is a famous person. Okay, He's so probably been. He was married to Demi Moore. He was married to Demi Moore. Now he he was dating Mila Kunis. I think. No, no, they're together. They're married. He's got kids. With no, no, but was dated. They dated on the show. Then he broke married up. Demi yeah. Moore. Uh, then they never dated during that. Oh, they never show. did. Okay, and then no. they dated on the show. But her no, no, her no, first kiss did. ever was with him on screen. No, but uh, but yeah, they dated I know, when but they were teenagers. <laughs> no, they didn't. And they came back together. That's their story. Get out. Yeah, I listened to a podcast with her on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert. Hey, man, her truth versus his. Yeah. <laughs> I had heard that the way that she told it when they got back together was it's like, oh, maybe they'd known each other. They've matter. known each other. Right. They dated yeah. on that 70s show yeah. and then okay. at an award show my for point. the Golden Globes, they got kind of drunk and made eyes and hooked up. Okay, my point is, is that yeah, this guy has experienced crazy shit. Also, he's gone on uh, to do crazy things in Silicon Valley. He's like an investment in, investment guy for IT companies and stuff like that. He's a smart dude, too. He, he went he, to school for astrophysics. Yeah, he's a very, oh. yeah, yeah. really smart guy. And, and so anyway, if you're a dude who was in one of the most successful sitcoms and you live in L.A., like, who knows what kind of crazy life experiences you've had? Like, there's probably 500 things that he's done that we've never even heard of. He's forgotten more life experience. Like, he's forgotten more extraordinary moments than most people ever have. The most life. successful yeah. prank show of all time is Punk. Oh, it's Punk. Yeah, like, I oh forgot about God, Punk. And that's an afterthought. Yeah, okay. Punk was dope. So here's my question. Anybody else who who finds out that they're, the girl they're seeing is murdered uh, – Four and stabbed 47 times. That will become a defining life experience for yeah. that person and it'll probably haunt them to a degree and, and stay with them for many years. Is it different for somebody who's living Ashton Kutcher's life or is it or is it because so much crazy shit's going on that you're like, oh, that was a thing that happened, but now 19 other crazy things have happened to me. Well, what does anything mean anymore? Like, do you, like, I sometimes I think about the singer Brandy. Do you guys remember Brandy? Of course. Big crush the girl me. is mine. Boy's mine. Boy's mine. And, and like, and she obviously was a, Big star in, in the mid nineties. You preferred Brandy over Monica. I did. Yeah, you're yeah. crazy. No, yeah, I love Brandy. Two different truths. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this episode is called for sure. Though <laughs> uh, two different truths. Yeah, yeah. Um, she committed manslaughter. Like she, yeah. she hit Brandy? somebody. Vehicular. Brandy. Oh, yeah, vehicular, vehicular doesn't count. No, but, but okay. Yeah, but here's the thing: if bro. any of us, if anybody we but know, carrying the weight of 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 causing another human being to expire, I, I can't yeah, imagine. Caitlyn Jenner did it. Rebecca Gayhart okay, did but it. But here's but okay. And this obviously there are different degrees of obviously Ash and Kutcher didn't kill anybody. But I'm just saying that it's like Yet. that. I. <laughs> 
There's one last thing I have yet to experience in this extraordinary life. It's murder. <laughs> I don't know what it feels to have someone expire at the hands of my... Yeah. Um, so, but the, the question remains, uh, do you think you feel things less yes. uh, if, if you have experienced so many extra things that most people don't yeah. experience? Yes, I do. I actually okay. had a conversation with a friend recently about how in high school, because I have a lot of siblings in high school, they go through some stuff. I feel like I felt emotions so much more intensely when I was like 15, 16, mm-hmm. and probably because I just felt them less. Like really crazy good times. I was like, this is the best day of my whole entire life. And then, like, sadness and, like, oh, heartbreak. I was like, what? Ah. Zero to ten don't count. And then it's ten to fifteen. So it's probably realistic that it was the best day of your entire life. Because your life was so Up short. until that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, I had no, experienced I mean, so many that's a slightly things. different thing that we're talking about. Like, I mean, I think oh. high school emotions are just strong, wild, are, are wild, strong emotions. I'm saying more as, like, as an adult, do you think Ashton Kutcher, let's, do, let's keep it in Ashton Kutcher world, yeah, feels differently about that incident that happened in 2001 than most of us would feel about an incident that happened in 2001. Assuming so we're the same much, age. So much information goes into his memory card. Yeah. Like, so his it's brain. only wild experiences, good and bad. You know, he, he was probably friends with Heath Ledger for a Like He probably has like seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. You're saying the swings have been so wild in his life. Does this register as a seminal moment in his life or life-defining sort of tragedy or is it just another in a long uh, line uh, of crazy bizarre things that happened happen yeah. in his life? It's a good question. You'd have to ask him, but I, I mean, I, I would think that it wouldn't be odd if he said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just like, yeah, that was a crazy thing that happened. I was dating lots of chicks back then. I've and then he's like, oh, and I also played Steve Jobs in a movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, but, yeah. But anybody else, if, if one of like our uncles was like, oh, yeah, then my uncle found uh, his girlfriend. That would be the story he tells for the of rest of his life. Of his life, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just find that I always find that interesting to see the way celebrities um, contextualize things that happen to them, especially celebrities that have been very famous for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder too about people's ability to like, like, how much do you really feel the loss or like the death of somebody? You know, it's like people people die a lot. Celebrities die, right? And then you go, oh, like Prince, like he meant so much, and then you go about your day. You know what I mean? He obviously knew this woman. He was intimate with this woman by all accounts. And it's like, but then is he like, well, I didn't, like, I didn't know her that well. And it's a tragedy. But like, does he lose sleep over it? I don't know. And is that, is that specific to him? Because like you said, he's had so many experiences that there's just another thing in his, like, you know, his life book. Or do you think that most people kind of move on from experiences like this? I guess everybody's different is the, is the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, like everybody's People different. are going to feel things super intensely. I guess, yeah, what I'd be interested in is I'd love to ask really famous people on that Ashton Kutcher level because he is probably an A to A plus list celebrity. Was, yeah, for sure. Yeah, at least he was, but... Yeah. Probably a B minus right now. Um, yeah, whatever it is. But I'd love to ask him, it's like, what is the thing that grates you the most? And there should be a really fascinating thing to go through. And I bet you a lot of people would say something to do with... Um, He's like, assholes talking about me on a podcast when no, I'm trying no, to testify. No, I, he probably wouldn't give a shit about that because exactly. can you imagine like how much tabloid shit he's been a part of? I'd say most people would probably do something with like childhood upbringing stuff. That is probably the most painful. Um, but I'd also be interested to know like what relationships like and or the, the falling apart of a relationship or somebody dying mm-hmm. fuck them up the most. Yeah, the one where she got murdered after the first day, probably. <laughs> that, that might be Out number of all one. your relationships, that was the worst one. <laughs> the murder one. 